Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tastings Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's, what's behind, behind the collar. Ah, uh, so I, you oh, didn't know. No, he doesn't know. Oh, no. You just stepped all that. <sighs> You got so used to sitting in Berg's chair. I did. So used to sitting in Berg's uh, chair. I thought you were giving me the look. <laughs> <laughs> I am now. <laughs> the reproving look. Sorry, Berg, that sucked. <laughs> Let's try this again. Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Toxin Taste, and I'm not going to have the energy for it this time. From the Toxin Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Airs Podcast, the podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Now hey, I understand. Here again. Hey, see, we got a little taste of Burke last time. Back again. We told you guys, didn't we? We said that he'd be back. Yeah. Yep. Living so, the dream. Poof. Here again. Let's, so I have a question. You, you were just talking. You were you were saying something. You heard something at the school today, Berg, that kind of bothered you. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually yesterday, and it didn't make it into the podcast, but uh, um, it will now. So I was talking to one of my ninth graders, and he was talking about how kids today use the term "let's go" in a. Uh, as, when you accomplish something right rather than encouraging you to do something right. So basically, after you score a basketball, that's when they say, let's go. Rather than, let's go, you know, to score a basketball, you know, point. So You don't get that? I, I don't get that. Oh. Is this a thing, Peter? Oh, it's a, totally a thing. It is. This is. You are in the wrong on this one, Berg. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I am not in the wrong on this one. <laughs> Otherwise, well, why, know, why say let's go? I mean, let's go. Yeah, the journey's begun. Let's finish the journey. Let's go. You've already done what's right. And so wouldn't you right. say, okay. yay, but good like, job. Let's go. Let's go is a hype phrase to continue the hype, right? When 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 the sports team wins the game, that's not the time to yell let's go. That's the time to be like, yes, we won. We're no longer saying let's go after the, the thing has finished. Oh, sometimes but during. That's- I, 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 the thing. I would even disagree with that. Here's the thing about the <laughs> let's go thing, okay? Not only this is going to bother you even more, right? Where you would say let's go would be a way of encouraging the team, right? Right? Come on, guys. We got right. let's Let's go. Let's try. Let's, let's try really hard. Boy, I sound white. Let's go, <laughs> team. <laughs> let's oh soundly play the game that we are... Been practicing. What do yeah. you say? Let's go! When you say that, uh, you actually usually are saying that to yourself even. So not only do you say it properly at the wrong time, hmm. this might be an oxymoron, but also you say it to yourself as a way of saying, I'm him, you know? Do you probably, do they... See, the context you, The context of this that it got used in is, we were playing a D&D campaign and I had just, we had just won and they were like, let's go. And that was, <laughs> that's stupid. You probably but said, where? oh, I'm going out for tacos or something? Yeah, I mean, I was hoping there'd be tacos or 
What right. are, what are the, those Olay things? Those oh, little potatoes see, are really good. It's it's all next time. Okay, next time you do it, like, trust me. You gotta trust me on this. Okay, you want to make the day of your students. Next time you do something kind of amazing, you just say, "I'm him." Okay, <laughs> what? I'm him. If you're, if you're really really good, like you think you were like, you know, uh, the bee's knees, you call yourself the goat. Yes. Okay. I've I've heard that one before. Right. He actually used it in a car commercial. <laughs> but you, this will totally freak out the students when you if you do something that you're pretty proud of. What is the greatest of, right? of all time? Right. Goat. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> so if you're really, you just scream out, "I'm him." Will it be like the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, "I am He," and they fell on their butts? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. I. Uh, I I'm man. telling you. Your kids I, will lose their lunch. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to get like a translator or something. Yeah. Am I the only one who knows this? I I'm him thing. I don't know that one, Peter. I that one's beyond me, man. Sorry. All right. Where did you find that? Well, one? I'm glad you're you're keeping it hip for the rest of us. <laughs> All right. Here. I I did just shoot. I'm about to shoot here. Uh, a, a time at which you may say, "Let's go." Okay. In the chat here. Boom! <laughs> huh. My favorite's the guy that goes to the fetal position. I I don't. I do not understand youth culture. <laughs> but by the way, I did I did have a moment like that one time. Not and this wasn't playing for the seminary when I was just like dunked it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. This was uh this was at a at Zion downtown, right? Uh it was in the city, right? The youth group and a lot of open gyms, right? Mm-hmm. And so this goofy white guy comes and just slams it. And uh, the kids cover their faces and ran out the door. It's a true story. <laughs> and the guy laid on the floor. <laughs> I was listening to a, a little comedy sketch about this because I, I, because I saw this video. Um, <laughs> there's a... Uh, when you when you when a you know when a white guy dunks on a black guy, uh, everyone goes crazy. You're the coolest guy ever, right? Everybody's high five, and yeah, it's the most it's the craziest thing you've ever seen. But after that, everybody's done playing basketball. It it everybody just you know I'm gonna go get a sandwich. Like <laughs> they're just gonna hang out for a while. Everybody's just done right. playing basketball for now. So it's so like you can't go on. It's basically yeah, yeah, like uh, it. knocking the baseball out of its uh, covering, right? Knocking the guts out <laughs> right. of the baseball. Yeah, it's like yeah. game's over. And, and what happens is no no one wants to be the next guy you dunk to be dunked on. Mm. They, they right. just wanted to end with whoever it was being humiliated. So so Peter, can you get since you did that, were you able to hear that, Berg? So let's can you give me an example then of I'm him so Berg can understand? I don't know that it exists. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> I'm him. There's a beautiful example of it was an NBA game recently. Austin Reeves, I'm him. I think this seems to be NBA exclusive. Ah, that's why. If I search I'm him, I only see NBA. (laughs) Right. Uh, Sorry, I I, I linked it, but now I have to pull it up for you. Tech is great, especially when you guys' internet is this bad. All right, (laughs) here we go. The internet is not him.
There you go. There you go. I'm, I'm him. <laughs> wow. So you get, you're going to do that, Berg? Or are you just going to say, I'm him. Ah, let's go. <laughs> uh, no. No, I'm not. You you love the English language too much for that? I, I do. I this There's m- a joke in here somewhere about I am not he. <laughs> That's true. I uh, This makes me want to retreat into like, you know, Jacobian English and just, you know, start you know, quoting Shakespeare and uh, the King James Bible all the time. Well, it's, uh, I'll, I'll tell you the difference, all right? This is a difference. Let's see if I, if, if I can explain this to you, Berg, okay? Now, there are people who look at the Bible, they'll say it's a living, breathing document. And what they mean to say is the, the Bible um, has a way of morphing and, and growing with our times and we understand it better. The way that that uh, liberal judges would look at the Constitution, right. a living and breathing document, right? You with me so far? I guess. All right. So uh, I agree that that is nonsense when it comes to things like the Bible or the Constitution of our country, right? Mm-hmm. But I also understand when it comes to things like language. Language, this is how language grows. This is how it morphs. It's the our language is a living language that grows and changes accents, sayings, all those things. It, like if you were explaining the English of Ufta, what are you gonna do? How, how's that English? No, you're right. I I actually agree that la- that language does uh, change and grows and evolves. Otherwise, we'd all sp- still be speaking, you know, a type of Proto-Germanic in Old English, right? So I made a good point. You did. It's Let's just, go! Let's it, go! It, 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 just not I'm for these. Like, like it, okay, so if English is like a living body, you know, um, these sayings are like the skin flecks that are going to uh, fall off in the next, like, two and a half years. That's not less. true. For uh, example, I've been saying Audi 5000 for 25 years, at least. 30 years. And it hasn't caught on yet. I still say peace out. <laughs> That one, well, I've been trying to bring back Rad for how many years now? How's I still that going? tell people they're bugging. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> I brought back, I brought back uh, sick. You're sick now. <laughs> now, I can't say I haven't, I've used the word yeet in a while. Mm. Well, that's good news. <laughs> you haven't yoted lately? <laughs> no, I haven't yoted. So. so, yeah, I mean, time will tell. I'm sure I'm him and... Let's go. Won't be remembered in a year from now. You know, you know what? I think I've got confirmation. That might wind up in my confirmation sermon. Oh boy, <laughs> that's good. Uh, but you got to say it in King James somehow. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. What would the the archaic English of "Let's go" be? I think it's just Probably "Let's be, go." It'd be "Let us." It wouldn't be contracted. Okay. <laughs> let us. Let us go. How about uh, I'm him? I am he. <laughs> Let us go hence. <laughs> How about this, Berg? How about this before the collect? Let's pray! <laughs> Actually, technically, it would have to be instead of amen, wouldn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, speaking of prayer, we should probably, like, I don't know, talk about the Bible some. Oh, I suppose. 
I suppose. You know, we're only like half an hour into this thing already. <laughs> but That's a bit of an example. I, I am on vacation already. mode. Yeah. So. Uh, so vacation has started now? No. Well, I've no, got. No, but vacation has started. <laughs> it starts early for me. It's hard. It's like sport. so hard to wear a shirt right now. <laughs> so hard. So, yes, uh, we are. So, Berg, or Vicar, excuse me. Can you explain to Vicar, Berg, what exactly the lectionary, the missile, the, what we did last time? <laughs> okay. So, you know, one of the critiques that people level against the one-year lectionary is that, you know, it's not a lot of Bible. The yeah. thing that the uh, Lutheran Le- Missile Project has been doing is they've been going through and doing research on, you know, what did the Lutheran Church historically do in all these different parts of, you know, Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems that for every Sunday, they pretty much have Wednesday and Friday readings. And honestly, for this Sunday, it's really kind of cool because it begins what's called rogation days, hmm. which lead up to ascension. So um, what we did last time is is we actually took the Wednesday uh, after the Sunday and talked about how the texts kind of reinforce one another. Oh. And I'm, and I'm using my Latin here. A rogate is, uh, is it the command form to ask, Berg? Uh, yes. Yep. Rogate. Um, yep. It's y'all, or y'all ask. See, I can use your language too. <laughs> Let's go. Right? <laughs> y'all. You are him. <laughs> the. The well, are he. Je- <laughs> go the. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was using I I am him before it was cool. Yeah, that's right. What a hipster. <laughs> so, uh, so Vicar, do you want to give us just a quick overview of the text for this coming Sunday, which is uh, Cantate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, hold on. I don't think we have. Do Did we, you I, clear out the Bibles, Vicar? No, there's one right here. Hold on. Oh boy. <laughs> this is for the 14th, I believe. Correct. This is for the 14th. Yes. It's, I believe it's John 16 still. Is it? Because they're, okay, so several of those in a row, huh? Wow, so Bible's kind of beat up. That's what we like well to loved. see. Yeah, well loved and used. Okay, so do you happen to know it's, uh, what is it? Uh, it goes to 33. So probably 25 to 33 is my guess. I have overcome the world. That's the ESV. Let's give it a title. Sorry, I did not look up the lectionary before I arrived at our studio. I usually do. Uh, 23 to 33. 23 to 33, okay. Yeah. Let's go. All right. A reading from St. John, chapter 16. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name... He will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. 
I came from the Father, and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Yeah, good. So, do you want to sum that up? Sum that up for us, Victor? (laughs) Everybody's against me. (laughs) Maybe someday you can be him. (laughs) Well, actually, it does does remind me of a a Vicar progression here, right? Uh, Of of sermon writing, where where at the the start of the vicarage, oh, we're using figures of speech. Can you please tell them plainly, Vicar, (laughs) so that they can understand? You know what I'm saying, Vicar? Yeah, I speak only in uh, seminary theological terms and all that, yes. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, I would say with the title Rogate, the beginning of that is probably emphasized about asking. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts, Berg? I'm, I'm, I'm a scatterbrain today. There's a whole bunch of things in that text. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the big focus here is on prayer. Right, that we now have boldness and confidence and access uh, to the Father uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. Right, mm-hmm. that uh, He doesn't have to pray to the Father for us, uh, like in the Old Testament when the people asked Moses to pray for them, because the mm-hmm. Father Himself loves us. Because why? Uh, because we've loved Jesus and we believe that He came forth from God. Right, yeah. God, God the Father only hears the prayers of those who are believers. Right, which was something we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had a question about about uh, who can expect to be heard right. in prayer, right? And uh, the figure of speech stuff. I think that's really interesting because uh, you know Jesus spoke to the uh, you know to the to the to the mobs in parables, right? Which mm-hmm. is figurative language, and throughout the entire Gospel of John, Jesus is very uh, obscure, right? And people continue to misunderstand him. You know, we're, of course, kept in hindsight, so we think, oh, why do they misunderstand this? You know, you have to be born again. Well, it's confusing, right? Mm -hmm. In John chapter 2, Jesus says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will build it up. What is he talking about? He's talking about his body. Jesus says in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Uh, And Nicodemus is like, well, do I have to climb back into my mother's womb? Hmm. You know, in John chapter 4, Jesus starts talking about, you know, wells of living water. And this woman's like, hey, uh, how about you give me some of that so I don't have to come back to this well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I mean, the, the eating his body. Right. Yeah, John chapter 6, right? I mean, you have that. John chapter 10 with uh, the good shepherd. And it says, it actually, I think, uses the same language as it does here, figurative language and the like, right? Uh, it's actually the same Greek word. And... So Jesus, throughout the Gospel of John, uh, it seems like he has made things intentionally 
difficult to understand. Um, and I think there's something to be said about that, right? Because what he's look, you know, what what does faith do? Faith asks. Faith asks for uh, enlightenment. Faith asks for clarification. Uh, this is what the disciples do all the time when they don't understand the parable. They're they're like, uh, you know, what does this parable mean? Can you explain it to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you know, really pedagogically, we all know this, although we don't employ it very often. Um, we learn the best when we have to struggle with something, right? I mean, yeah, when, yeah. when we you know when it's hard for us to understand, or we. Uh, uh, failed to pick it up right away. I mean, that's the stuff that sticks in your mind, right? That's right. why there were particular professors at seminary that I really loved, and the reason why I loved their classes and stuff was because uh, they wouldn't give you the answer right away. They made you ponder it and think over it, and uh, it really became more of a part of your thinking. And I think Jesus mm-hmm. does the same thing. This could also right. be a great text for uh, uh, how one becomes... Uh, a theologian, right? One who speaks about God. Because here you have oratio, prayer, but you also have meditatio, right? Meditation on God's word. Uh, Jesus has spoken to us often in figurative language. Well, what does it mean, right? And so we should always uh, approach the text with first prayer, right? Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Well, if you pray for understanding and for wisdom, like Solomon did, uh, he will definitely, you know, he will surely give it to you. And then you have the meditatio, you know? And this is also the same time where Jesus says things like, you will uh, see me, and then you won't see me, and then you'll see me again, where all those figures of speech that he spoke to them didn't really make sense until you understood his death and resurrection. Hmm. Right. You know? Like all many of the things that he said, what he said to about being born again, you know, he then said, said uh, the son of man must be lifted up like, like Moses lifted up the serpent or, or the, the bread from heaven didn't make sense without his death and resurrection. Um, the good shepherd laying down his life for his, for the sheep didn't make any sense without his death and resurrection. And so part of it was he was teaching them uh, about his death, death and resurrection, kind of like, uh, um, an M. Night Shyamalanam movie. What's his, how you pronounce his name? <laughs> Your <Just> favorite. Like <laughs> because uh, where he tries to do it, where you don't understand what's going on, and then all of a sudden at the end you do. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's it kind of like is like with that that and John, where they don't really completely understand until he dies, and then until he rises again, and then he explains it to him. You understand what I'm doing. Hmm. Yep. And I think too, this is good for the modern believer. Who struggles with things like baptismal regeneration, the presence of Christ and the Lord's Supper, um, closed communion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all those things, right? That uh, there are there are things that are very uh, difficult. You can understand the words and the meaning of them, but to believe it might actually be the stumbling block, right? Yeah. Because that's the thing. The Bible is clear, right? That's something we mm-hmm. do teach, right? That the Bible is clear. Um, what makes it unclear? Well, uh, what makes it unclear is that uh, we were born with original sin, which has no knowledge of God and doesn't fear God and doesn't trust him or love him, right? And that 
explain some of our ignorance. And, and sometimes and, with, with Jesus' own words, part of it is too, is we generally, in many ways, don't understand just the historical fa- facts of the Old Testament like some of those dudes back then mm-hmm. either. Right. And so um, when we talk about this, and I kind of want to talk about this a little bit later, about what a sermon is and how to profitably learn, you know, listen to a sermon, right? Um, yes. Because that's... Well, anti... What do you call it? Yeah, my anti-homiletics. Hmm. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I think that's part of it is that, yeah, in the Bible, you're going to hit things that you either don't understand because of language, because of context, because of uh, not knowing the historical, you know, aspect of it. But also there is a sense that we don't understand it because, you know, like Jesus talks to the disciples when they don't understand when Jesus says, uh, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Herodians, they say, well, you know, he's mad because we didn't bring any bread in the boat with us. Right. You know, their hearts were hardened, right? That uh, sometimes we we continually need to be renewed. We continually need to be in the Word. Uh, and we need to continually pray that the Holy Spirit would enlighten us so we do understand these things. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I, we talked a little bit the last time, Vicar. It wasn't that long ago where, where I had a sermon on uh, hearing, listening to the Word of God, and listening to the sermon, seeking to be changed. Right. Like, how is this going in thinking? Now, how not how how is this going to change me? How is this going to inform me? How is this going to correct me? Because we don't always. I try to address the fact that we don't always go into a sermon with that mind frame. Right. Sometimes we even go looking for a church that already agrees with everything we already think. And right. uh, you, you told me about that one time. That was interesting. Yeah. All right. So, so what? So what is the uh, the? Is it the which one are you going to do the Wednesday or the Friday? Uh, we're actually going to do the. Uh, see, this one is a little bit weird because um, the Wednesday is actually the vigil for the Ascension, and so I'm going to do Rogation Monday. And rogation days were days of fasting and of prayer, um, and they happened a couple different times during the year. One happened on on April 25th. Uh, the minor rogations are held on the Monday to the Wednesday preceding Ascension Thursday, and uh, they are times of like heart of uh, planting and of fasting and abstinence. Uh, farmers often had their crops blessed by a priest at this time. So, um, what is the text, you know, the gospel text for Rogation Monday? The text is Luke 11, 5 through 13. And here, here we go. And Jesus said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have set nothing before and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give it to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? 
Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Yeah, Vicar, you might, uh, I think we had this discussion not too long ago of uh, uh, shocked when I talked about, not shocked, but intrigued Mm. when I talked about praying for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course. That didn't sound Lutheran to you. No, it sounds very Pentecostal. (laughs) (laughs) But what we mean by praying for the Holy Spirit is different. Mm Mm-hmm. It's that as we don't equate it with the the feeling or the emotion, right? But, or a miracle, uh, but for the Holy Spirit to do His work through the Word. So yeah, so I, I like I like how that uh, that that ties it together with what Jesus says, right? About asking, you have um, this also, persistence, right? Like we're actually supposed to go after God with prayer, right? That this is uh, this is inopportune. This seems very. Uh, disrespectful, and yet this is exactly what Jesus says, right? Hmm. Um, his persistence, right? To be persistent mm-hmm. in prayer. That uh, when we believe that Christ has truly forgiven us our sins, that we are truly sons of the Father, um, then we can whine and complain just like kids do, right? <laughs> and yeah. beg and beg and beg. And, and, I, and, and, I, would, and I would add this, too. Uh, include that in prayer for the Holy Spirit for others as well. Amen. I mean, how, how many times did did Jesus see someone's faith and then drive out the the demon of their loved one? Right, and I think that's right. something wonderful to, to remember, that when we pray, we often ask for the material things. We pray fourth petition prayers. But here Jesus is, once again, refocusing our attention on the Holy Spirit. You know, the first three petitions of the Lord's Prayer, Right. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, uh, thy will be done, right? And Mm -hmm. those are the things, uh, they're listed first for a reason. Mm -hmm. And those should really be the center points of our prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Something that uh, we often don't think about, right? And sometimes I wonder uh, if we actually prayed more for unbelievers, Maybe they would repent and be saved, you know? So. Amen. So, you know, that's the thing. Uh, you can uh, you can approach God as if he's your father, because he is your father, your true father. And that means being persistent. That means keeping on, right? Right. Because he... Means, Let's go! <laughs> ha! Well... <laughs> You used it in the correct sense because, like, you haven't done it yet. <laughs> so, hey, you know. Hey, I just noticed something that'll warm your heart, Berg. Yeah? Uh, this is what I noticed. So, uh, Vicar gives me a hard time <laughs> about using my small bottles of cans of Coke. They're tiny. They're like communion cup sized. No. <laughs> 7.5 fluid ounces. Yeah. And so... He comes in with a it's a juice. How how many ounces is that, Vicar? Okay, fine. It's ten. Is that ten? It says it's ten fluid ounces. It's a it's a diet ocean spray cranberry juice. Yes. Oh, but uh, 
but you'll yeah, note it's the, good for uh, your urinary tract. Yeah. <laughs> What's I the mean, price on it right there? 25 cents. 25 cents. That's so the, the other thing that wore my heart is, as I thought to myself, the only way he's going to buy a small bottle of juice is if it's from Wise Buys. That's, That's exactly. the only thing that he'd re- reason why he would buy a small yep. bottle like that because it just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, right. I compared it to the larger sizes and it was the same price per fluid ounce. And so it was okay to buy. <laughs> and uh, Wise Buys is one of Berg's favorite places. Oh, yeah. It is. I Me miss too. Wise Buys. <laughs> I, I should put together a box of Wise Buys stuff and send it to you. So you yeah. <laughs> you know, that, you know what, we would, what I would do with that? I would buy a bunch of stuff from Wise Buys for Berg, yeah. and it would sit in the studio for about 10 months. <laughs> well, it'd like be uh, 10% out of date further than it used to be. <laughs> remember we had that box that we got for Hannah that we never actually sent? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think that stuff might still be on the shelf in there. No, we gave it to her. Did we give it to her in person? That's in right. person. Hmm. Yep, because she had to she had to come and get it. <laughs> uh, last episode, Peter. By the way, uh, Berg and I we we kind of long for people to actually send us letters. Yeah, but we need a PO box. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, as our pro- um, can you uh, work on that? Yeah. Yeah. Let me go. I to want. The I post really want to get Hang on. physical letters. <laughs> Someone handwriting. A note, putting a stamp, writing the address on it, and lovingly taking it and putting it in the mailbox. So here's a question, oh. and, and stop me, stop me if this is just a terrible idea. But oh, I'm, I'm you, ha- you have a church. You have a church. Just just get the mail sent to the church. Hmm. Why do we need a PO box? Yeah. Because because it's why cool. do we need an al- why, why do why don't we just send our emails to the church? You're not thinking forward here, Peter. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I need to take. Okay, let's take another step here, where I am thinking forward. Okay, we are the heart of confessional Lutheran comedy slash weird podcasts. My dear father, who will go pick up the letters? Vicar. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Oh, I, I have. I, I every year I, I look over the, the the list of duties for the incoming vicar. Yeah, that's true. And it just takes. Uh, a few uh, sentences by this by my secretary to type those in for me. <laughs> and boom, it's done. Yeah. Oh boy. All right, now, my dear father, how many letters do you expect to receive to this specific podcast only PO box? Well, I mean, ask and you shall receive. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way: <laughs> Have you ever heard of fan mail, Peter? I have. Have you ever heard of fan email? Yes. No, you haven't. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Maybe death. You're threats. just telling me about about I'm him, and the, but you haven't heard of fan email? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, not uh, fan email. <laughs> I just want to fan use email. our lovely our lovely Patreon subscribers and donators uh, money well. Uh, for good equipment and hosting fees and that kind of thing, and not like a useless PO box. <laughs> but just think how that just rolls off. You can get a hold of us at at Clerical Airs PO Box seven seven seven. Oh, okay. What if I get like a PO box in like Delaware? Oh, how about I got this? We get a PO box in Port Berlin, Oklahoma, and then we ask that that. Uh, the post office to forward the email to us. The email? 
No, the mail. The email. Oh, the email. No, we can no, do I email. I said uh, the mail. I was using Berg's old English. Oh, the yeah, yeah. mail. So, Vicar, if they do want to send us fan email, where can they get a hold of us? Ah, if you wish to send us a fan email, please send it to feedback at clericalerrors.org. Or we can be found on Facebook by searching for Clerical Errors Podcast. And on Twitter, our handle is at Clerical Errors P. P for podcast, bro. There it is. Hey, Peter, do you think we ought to get the blue check mark? No. <laughs> Once uh, again, I prefer to oh. use our Patreon, our Patreon money for uh, oh. use, yeah. good and uh, useful things. Um, you guys are such a buzzkill. Literally giving it to Elon how, Musk. How about, how about, he, he has enough. How about we get, how about this? Let's 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 get a blue check mark for off the collar podcast. <laughs> I'd have to make off the collar podcast Twitter. Hopefully it doesn't. We've got exist. the website already. Yeah. We do have the website. <laughs> do they still exist? That is true. I I don't know, but the website does. Wow. <laughs> that doesn't take anything though. <laughs> oh, Vicar's not aware of this. Uh so we had a rival podcast pop up after we had been uh, doing the podcast for a while. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is we had a, a podcast in town, in Hampton, in Hampton. Holy smokes! That was called Off the Collar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's and a... so we were we were bemoaning this, and uh, while we were talking about this, uh, Peter purchased the Off the Collar website, so it links to ours. Off the collar, off the collar. I think it's off the collar podcast.com goes to us. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, there is somebody on Twitter that goes by the handle off the collar, but I don't think it's related to oh. the clergy at all. But there's not much on it, so no. probably somebody else. Brooke, we were talking about my retirement. That's what I'll do in my retirement. I'll have a new show. Off the collar. <laughs> <laughs> yep, off the off the collar podcast.com redirects to clerical ears. Nice. Man, we are so ADHD. This is amazing. Oh yeah. So uh what do you want to talk about now? I now um Vicar, he made a game that I, I he that he did with his for fun for his last confirmation class. And when he said this, I thought to myself, hmm. uh there was no Berg will, will really enjoy the hard work that he put into this way more than I would, right? Because it's too many details, right? So, uh, is this but like I think the, this is, is this like the cones of Dunshire. I'm not sure. Do you guys Sorry. not? Do you guys don't know? The cones of Dunshire. Oh, no. Parks and Rec. Tell me. It's a fictional no. game on a TV show. Parks and Rec. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I don't watch sitcoms, but uh, but it might be like yeah. that. It's I a tabletop, uh. a tabletop tactical war game, which I used a hex map because I still own one from thirty years ago, and nice. I used D and D miniatures, and I set it up four versus four people against four people because I have eight confirmation students, and the goal was to it was House of David versus House of Saul, and the goal was to. Uh, get your miniature to the center of the board and secure Jerusalem for, for your side, um, which nice. is not quite historical. Not quite historical, but so the House of David consisted of uh, David, Joab, uh, Asahel, his nephew that was very fast, and Michal, which was Saul's daughter, but David's first wife. And I tried to give them starting equipment that matched kind of the Bible story. So David starts with a sling and a staff. 
Uh, Joab starts with a sword. He was, of course, a veteran military commander, was the David's leader of his army for 40 years. Asahel, he had a spear, but as a special condition, he could not use shields or any uh, ranged weapons because he was known for running down General Abner, Saul's general, uh, mm-hmm. because he was so fast. But if he could have used a ranged weapon, that would have been pretty wise because he didn't. Instead, he runs up to kill General Abner and gets himself impaled on Abner's spear in the Bible. And so I didn't let him use any ranged weapons, but I made him the fastest character on the board. Uh, so that was House of David. Uh, oh, Mikal had a special deception ability. If it looked like you had struck her character, she got one more chance to convince you she was actually on your side. Because you might remember that she, yep. uh, when she was dragged before her father for helping King, or not King yet, but helping David escape out the window when da- when Saul wanted to kill him, she helped David escape, put a statue in his bed with a wig on it, right? And so she was deceptive. And then when she got dragged before her father to answer for why she had helped his enemy David, what she said in the Bible was, oh, uh, David uh, threatened me. So she could deceive and switch sides and get out of the damage that was otherwise due her. That was one of her special powers. Okay. So the house of Saul so, was, so Vicar, uh, yeah. Uh, did, did your sixth and seventh graders kind of get the hang of this by the end or I, I told them we only had one hour. So I assigned them the characters that they would play. And I only had, I had seven boys and one girl. So that's one of the reasons I made sure there was a female character to play. I had the board set up so they could walk in. And I told them right away, we are going to have to start playing before you know all the rules or we won't get anywhere. So uh, it was a very simple game I made up. You rolled a D6 and you What's added a, D6? A, a six-sided dice. Good point. Okay. The cube-shaped six-sided dice. <laughs> and if you rolled that and you added whatever bonus might apply based on the little character cards that I made for each student. And if you rolled, say, a D6 and you got to plus one because you had an attack plus one and, and you got a five or, a, or higher, you succeeded. And then the character receiving the damage could roll a d6 and add their... Uh, uh, which is? A uh, six-sided dice. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and try to dodge the attack. And and, uh, and if you were Mikal, you got to dodge and deceive. And so you got two chances to avoid the damage. Scattered across the hex grid map, the hexagons of my grid were one-inch square... Or one-inch hexagons uh, were little bits of paper. And if you're character when moving forward on your turn stepped across one of those pieces of paper you could pick it up and add it to your to your uh, inventory and there was all kinds of weapons including goliath's sword which was the best weapon in the game so nice. so i i put together an, a tactical war game we played five total rounds uh, only the character or only king saul was killed and then lucas by the way was playing king saul and uh in the last turn and when it ended we were at a draw because two of the house of david and two of the house of saul were in contact with the with the thing that i set in the middle of the board that represented the walled city of jerusalem so it ended in a draw so i guess i have to play again with the kids sometime but it was really fun it was a good way to wrap up our old testament confirmation we've had about 25 lessons throughout the school year and uh, we ended with a tactical war game nice awesome it was fun you have any uh, questions for him? Makes sense. I mean, instead of Saul, you should have had Ishbosheth. Well, that's true. And I could have had Abner able to defect, right? Because in the end, he does defect. And then I could have had Joab kill him anyway, because that's what Joab does to him. So, right. uh, yeah. You took I, some artistic liberties. There was artistic liberties. And I started to give all kinds of special powers to each character. And then, I'm real, then it's like, well, I'm going to have fifth and sixth and seventh graders that possibly aren't familiar with what a D6 is. Um, so I backed <laughs> yeah. off on all the complexities that I wanted to add. Um, anyway, so, but if I did it again, the only difference I would make is I would, the dodge was working too often. So it kind of was a bummer for a kid to get all excited that their weapon had struck the other character, but then the dodge would 
get them out of the damage. And so I would probably make dodge only succeed on a six or higher rather than a five or higher. On the, the D6? On the D6, yeah. See, Don't I got this. Your... Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> All right. So there there it is. Yeah. That's what I did. So if, where, where, if someone wants the rules to this game where they could, they can, can they, uh, if you were to, because uh, this could be a money-making thing for you, I think. Well, yeah, I posted the, I posted the story on Facebook under my own personal Facebook page. And I, and I had, I did have other seminarians asking about well, what rule set did you use? And I, you know, well, I made it up, but it was, it was based on games that I had encountered along the way. Oh, uh, or- Thank you. Posted a meme. Yeah. Berg, so now we're, we, because Berg has adopted the ADHD lifestyle, he just randomly posted a, a meme. Would mm. you like to explain said meme? Yeah. So un, unlike Vicar, uh, I don't do stuff for my kids. I have my kids do stuff for me. Oh. And uh, <laughs> do you know why? Do you know why? Say it. Say it. Who are you? <laughs> Yeah, I that that is true. You're him, man. Come on, <laughs> come on. You are your preferred pronoun. So, uh, <laughs> so I had to make this meme because uh, I'm doing a presentation on the Sabbath here coming up, and uh, actually, I'm doing another presentation on the Sabbath for uh, Hannah. Actually, invited me uh, to Minnesota to do a presentation there, and so I've been putting stuff together and. Uh, so this meme is uh, one of the interesting uh, points to make it awesome for this. Uh, this is actually a pretty good PowerPoint that I uh, put together uh, for everybody. But so this meme comes about because uh, one of the applications for the for the uh, Sabbath presentation I'm doing is uh, it's entitled "Sports on Sunday: Why King James is Better Than Pa." <laughs> And so, you know, uh, I don't know who this guy is. There's some, but I thought it was funny. That's so, Drake. So Drake. Oh. And uh, I don't know. Do you know the history behind this meme? You know, where the guy is like, oh, no. And then he's. Yeah, it's from the Hotline Bling music video. Yeah. So I knew about it and I told them to find a picture of Pa. And so uh, from Laura Ingalls Wilder and they found a picture of Michael Landon. Which I think everyone will understand, which is awesome. Um, everyone over the age of thirty-five. <laughs> well, we are talking about the LWML, so. Oh, oh yes. So, they got it. and then I have a. They'll pitch- be surprised that you're using such new references. E- exactly. <laughs> and then I, I had them find a they picture. They might be of, confused who Drake is. That's true. So that's okay. <laughs> it's more for me than for them. So. So so what did what does uh, Pa get wrong about the Sabbath? Uh, well, this is a great deal. Um, okay, so um, anybody here read Little House in the Big Woods? Uh, mm. Which episode? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there- We turn on the closed captioning. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one uh, chapter in Little House in the Big Woods that uh, talks about the Sabbath. It's actually entitled Sundays. Hmm. And... Uh, this is some of the stuff that uh, is talked about. On Sundays, Mary and Laura must not run or shout or be noisy in their play. Mary could not sew her nine-patch quilt, and Laura could not knit on her t- on the tiny mittens she was making for baby Carrie. 
They might look quietly at their paper dolls, but they must not make anything new for them. They were not allowed to sew on dolls' clothes, not even with pins. They must sit quietly and listen while Ma read the Bible stories to them or stories about lions and tigers and white bears from Pa's big green book. They might look at pictures, and they might hold their rag dolls nicely and talk to them, but there was nothing else they could do. Oh, Which goodness. sounds terrible, oh. right? <laughs> yeah, all of it. <laughs> I mean, this is a yeah. this is a very Calvinistic sort of way of viewing the Sabbath, right? Right. And Pietistic. Pharisaic. Yeah. Um, so, Laura, of course, because she is a little girl, and this is very unnatural, gets in trouble. And so, Pa tells her a story about his father. And for Pa's father, Laura's grandpa, it was even worse. So Sunday began at sundown on Saturday night. Then everyone stopped every kind of work or play, straight to bed with no playing, laughing, or even talking, cold breakfast because nothing could be cooked on Sunday. Uh, and they uh, they just get done building this sled, and they don't have any time to sled on Saturday. And so it talks about just the anguish these kids are going through. While the preacher is preaching, they're thinking about the sled. When they're looking at their catechism, they're thinking about the sled. When they're reading the Bible, they're thinking about the sled. And so their dad falls asleep. Um, Pa's uh, father's father falls asleep. And so they sneak out and they go sledding. And then they get caught because they actually hit a pig while they're sledding and the pig squeals. <laughs> and then they're Which be- wasn't allowed. <laughs> right. And then they're beaten for it afterwards. Okay. <laughs> So, what's the point of this story, right? What is the point that Pa is trying to make here? Well, here's the point. So you see, Laura and Mary, Pa said, you may find it hard to be good, but you should be glad that it isn't as hard to be good now as it was when Grandpa was a boy. Yeah. The end. (laughs) The end. Right? Wow. So, Pa is a legalist in the worst sense Mm -hmm. of the word, right? Now, let's go to King James, right? He uh, actually published something that's called the Book of Sports, or the Declaration of Sports. It was declared in 1617, and it was declared nationally in 1618. And there was a big fight between the Puritans, who believed, just like Pa and Pa's grandpa did, right, that you can't do anything on Sunday, uh, and the Roman Catholics, okay? And so Mm -hmm. this is what, King James has to say about the Sabbath. He says, With our own ears we heard the general complaint of our people that they were barred from all lawful recreations and exercises upon the Sunday's afternoon after the ending of all divine service, which cannot produce but two evils. The one is the hindering of the conversion of many, whom their priests will take occasion hereby to vex, persuading them that no honest mirth or recreation is lawful or tolerable in our religion, which cannot but breed a great discontentment in our people's hearts, especially of such as are peradventure on the point of turning. So that's the first problem, right? That's the first evil, is that it actually hinders the conversion of many. Uh, The other inconvenience is that this prohibition barreth the common and meaner sort of person from using such exercises as may make their bodies more able for war when when his majesty or his successors shall have occasion to use them. And in the place thereof, 
sets up filthy tippling and drunkenness and breeds a number of idle and discontented speeches in their alehouses. For when shall the common people have leave to exercise, if not upon the Sundays and holy days, seeing they must apply their labor and win their living in all working days? Hmm. So King James actually not only takes into account human weakness, but he also um, sees that if we treat the Christian religion this way, if we treat it as if there is no mirth or enjoyment or anything on the Sabbath, uh, that is on Sunday, right, when we have our divine service, mm-hmm. um, it is actually going to hinder the conversion of many, right? And, um, right. and so King James is much better than, than Pa in the fact that he takes religion into consideration and he also takes human weakness into consideration, knowing that there are much greater evils than, you know, playing tennis on Sunday after church, yeah. right? I, I also like the fact that he uh, he talks about um, uh, the, the recreation aspect actually being good mm-hmm. for them. Like, it's not just a passing time. It, it you know, this, the activity helps them to be better when they're needed to be have physical activity or something like that. Right, and that it makes their bodies more equipped and trained for uh, war, for for occasions for war, because you need to be in shape to take care of business, you know? And so it's also for defending your families and the like. So otherwise, what what are they going to do? They're going to go and drink themselves silly, you know? So... Uh, That's why Sunday's leg day for me. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But of course, all of this is in the context of you have to go to church first, right? Right, right. You don't, you know... Because... Yeah, I mean, and that's... Because we don't really run into the paw thing so much as we do the other. Right. And this is why I think it's... I wanted to use this application just because I know so so many pastors rant, you know, about sports on Sundays. And I agree. I mean, especially if it keeps people from the divine service. I mean, that's evil. That's a sin. We shouldn't do it. Right. At -hmm. at the same time, we don't want to become Puritans. Right. We don't want to go so far the other way that we become legalists like Pa did, you know. And of course, that's the definition of a legalist. Right. Oh, it's hard to be good. But hey, it's not as hard as when your grandpa was a little boy. Right. What has God changed? Has he just mellowed? You know, (laughs) I mean, like morphed over time. Yeah. I mean, he just became a nice grandpa. God. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I, I do think this is something, this is kind of an idea. I don't have the wherewithal to start this, anything like this. But um, because it, it becomes a, such an issue of sports on Sunday mornings, of of the church working to, to have an alternative for some of those things, where you could on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday evening do something and uh, have kids. Because there are times where, where uh, kids who enjoy sports – like if you go to church, you are left behind, and yeah, you know, yeah. sport has become almost a godless thing, right? In many ways, and and uh, we also see this too, just for general health. Um, there was a podcast uh, done by the Art of Manliness called the PE Revolution, where this guy is arguing very strenuously that um, we can't actually teach STEM to these kids because physically 
they're not capable. Their their physical uh, lack of preparedness is actually hindering their ability to learn science and math and the like. So, you know, I do think the church, it would actually behoove the church to start some of these things, right? Not only to strengthen the bonds of, uh, if you want to call it fellowship or whatever, right? Which is definitely something for it, but also just to strengthen their bodies. That's not a bad goal either. You know, that's actually a good goal. So, yeah. uh, hey, we should post that meme on face on our Facebook page. Yeah. So. Ah, good discussion. We haven't had any time for you to play any intros, Pete. Oh. <laughs> That's the best when it's dynamic. Well, yeah, we got it. We just had to catch up on all our Berg stuff. Like it's been, you know, with a we haven't. I haven't done much preparation. It's just press play. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking, uh, that's probably about time, isn't it? Speaking of, bef- well, I mean, we usually we start off with this, but uh, Peter, are you drinking gonna... anything? Oh, I've uh, I've just got water today. Oh, I've been sipping on a little Isla uh, single malt Scotch whiskey, so from Kirkland. So wow. because I'm that awesome, Berg, you haven't sent your uh, care package yet, man. We've been waiting for this whiskey. Well, <laughs> uh, we will definitely. Try to make some of this stuff work. I know uh, I'll talk to Cantor Borg, um, great guy. He is, uh, you know, involved with our cola, and uh, if we can definitely do a taste test, something like that, we'll see what we can do. Because all right, how how we how are we doing on time, Peter? We're pretty much done. We're at one oh five. We could do another quick something if you want, but call it there too. Actually, you know, I would like to do. Since this I, is random, I do I do know exactly what you want to do. Yes, <laughs> we'll take off my shirt and, <laughs> and run out. Besides that, <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, we haven't checked Pope tweets lately. We haven't rated any Pope tweets. Hmm. Oh, this is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know how long I spent on the other Pope tweets, like trying to find good ones to read. Right. We can take a look. Well, Vicar, you're coming to your t- to to the end of your time there. You know, I know you still yeah, have a, getting there. You know, so he's got like three months, right? Uh, two. Yeah, two and a half, but something like that. It'll go fast. It's getting closer. Yeah, yeah. It's it's already gone fast, and and there's less left in front of me than behind me at this point. All right, let's do that. The one, the monks and nurses. All right. So rate Pope, this. Uh, rate this tweet, Berg. Pope Francis <laughs> tweeted on April twenty sixth. Monks and nuns are the beating heart of the proclamation of the gospel. <laughs> Their prayer is oxygen for all the members of the bodies of body of Christ, the invisible force that sustains the mission. <laughs> um, all right, rate that, Berg. Uh, negative 10. <laughs> why, why would you rate that at negative 10, Berg? Uh, monasticism is uh, like anti-Christian <laughs> in so many ways. Uh, yeah, it's it, it replaces baptism with monastic orders. Uh, there's the theological, uh, the false theological presupposition that you can become perfect in this life, um, that these people occupy a higher spiritual state than those of us who are married and have property and the like. Um, it's just plain old workmongering. 
Right. You know, is and, the idea here is the idea? What is he trying to say is when you think of the church, uh, uh, they are the ones. Uh, they're they are the prayer warriors so that we can the rest of us can get things done. <laughs> that- well, I think that is part of it. I mean, I was just reading. There's another great book out there uh, by. Uh, it was translated by a uh, pastor in Iowa District East, actually. Holman, you remember him? Mike, yeah. Michael Holman? Well, now I think he's actually taking a call to Minnesota. But you guys should all go online, look at this book. It's on Amazon. It's 25 bucks. It's called How the Lutheran Church is Constituted. It is a beautiful mm-hmm. book, and he talks about these very issues where the error of the Roman Catholic Church is that they identify its constitution with its essence. And so they will externalize all of these things, right? So it has to be a ruling church. So that means that there's a spiritual hierarchy, and then there's the rest of us schlubs, right? And those are the real people, right? The spiritual hierarchy. And he completely smashes that, right? Pastors aren't better than laymen, right? We occupy a different office, but we're all priests in Christ. And priests can do two things, like we heard about, uh, to bring mm-hmm. to bring it full circle, right? To Rogate, right? Uh, the high priest, Christ Jesus, who's perfect, he even says to his apostles who are sinful, right? And to us today, right. that uh, uh, you won't ask the Father in my, you know, you won't ask me to pray to the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, Right. And you who are evil wouldn't even give a stone to your son when he asked for a bread. Right. Mm. And so every Christian is a priest who can do two things. He can pray. He can approach the Father in prayer boldly and confidently and with persistence. And the second thing he can do is offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. Not sacrifices to atone for sin, but sacrifices for all of the wonderful things that God has done for us. And that's true of my son who... Uh, we'll actually be turning three tomorrow, and just as much as the 115-year-old uh, shut in in Hampton because there's something in the water there that makes them live forever. <laughs> nice. By the way, there, you'll find this funny. So the the tweet directly before that one where he talks about the monks and nuns being the heart, the oxygen mm-hmm. of the gospel is uh, World Day of Prayer for vocations. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are pretty good. Vocations. Yeah, but, right. but what they mean by the vocations is monasticism. The priesthood. Oh, really? Oh. Right. Yeah. They don't they don't mean you going out and getting a job or getting married. You know? Right. Okay. That's like, right. This that, that this is probably one of the things that probably was the one of Luther's biggest pet peeves. That's like going to your guidance counselor yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, should I go to college?" Ah, uh, you kind of suck. You need to like, you know, do something it's, else. It's like this. Yeah. Let's say uh you you wanted to ex- you you had a, a week off to do everything on your wife's to-do list, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you you wanted to take the week to prove to her how much you loved her. So you spent the entire week writing her haikus. <laughs> And nothing else got done. Yep. Yeah. That, that, that's that's the, the Catholic understanding of vocation. Nice. So totally, my, my, is that totally a good useless. illustration there, Berg? Yeah. I mean, the rest of us, you know, who work in the world, who produce things, right? It's like we're mm-hmm. almost necessary evils. If they could have everyone chanting and praying and, you know, living, uh, you know, vows of celibacy and uh, 
and poverty and the like, I mean, they'd be like, oh, that's great, right? In, right. in fact, all you have to do is read uh, Dante Alighieri's, uh, the second book. Most people only know the first book, you know, The Inferno, mm-hmm. right? Inferno, yep. But read Purgatory. There are so many Christian kings who are in Purgatory because they didn't become monks, because they devoted yeah. themselves to the to what God called them to, which is, <coughs> pardon me, um, you know, protecting their citizens. And it's it's so wicked, it's so evil, and this is why Luther has just he's brought the gospel to bear on a lot of this stuff. And I mean, yeah, God be praised. We need to get all these Luther works in paperback so people can read them and afford them. Right. Yeah. So CPH, listen to what I say. Get it done. Yeah. Especially the afford part. <laughs> Either that or I'm just going to retranslate them all and then, you know, paperback them. Oh, there you go. And uh, take your profits. But what are you going to do uh-huh. the following week? <laughs> <laughs> so... All right. Well, I am out of gas. It's been a. I'm. I'm, My mind is on vacation. Yeah. And I've made fizzing a lot. Fourth episode in two weeks. Yeah. And he did a whole bunch of visits this week to get ready to be gone for uh, almost two weeks in a row. And so he had to kind of. You know how vacation you end up not really doing less work. You just do a whole bunch of it up front and a bunch afterwards. (laughs) But you got all the same amount of work. So. So we are going to end it here. Great to have you back. Well, thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. This is Vicar. And may your... Let's goes be them. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.